Dark Art Society podcast covers a variety of important and contemporary issues, including dark art, as well as other kinds of art, literature, film, music, also culture, philosophy, dreams, paranormal experiences, magic, and a whole lot more than that. I'm Mike Carell, director of Chet's Art. I like to paint monsters. And you are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast, hosted by renowned artist Chet Zar. What's up, Mike? Hey, Chet. How are you? I'm pretty good. I got my uh, Green Nun painting finished, so I'm relieved. That was a, a crazy week of painting. That's an amazing piece. I love how the hand like looks like it's like turning into the fabric that's wrapped around the maggot baby. Oh, thanks. It wasn't supposed to look like that, but <laughs> she's kind of like, if you look at the paint, look to me, <laughs> she's just kind of caressing the maggot, you know, the fingers sort of, you have to see it in person. Well, of course, yeah. but not, I probably won't <laughs> yeah, unless, you wanna, probably- unless you want to get me out there. I'll come out <laughs> if you want to pay for it. I got my, my ward though. I bu- I got my ward. I think I was your first ward customer. Yeah, check out number one. Yeah, it's really nice. So I, I took it out of my hand. It's like, uh, it, or took it out of the package. I just held it in my hand. It felt good. Just fit right, right in my hand. It's really nice. Yeah, that was really cool that you bought that up. Yeah, I just for anybody listening here, we I just created a big cartel page for the first time. It's uh, NRG Creations, which is my company, nrgcreations.bigcartel.com. And I've been selling these wards. And if you guys listened to the last episode, Magic and More. We talk all about my ward making process and, and what that is. But basically, you know, the word ward is interchangeable with like talisman or, or totem or sigil or any basically kind of like a, an item that is a, a vessel or something that you could put energy into. And so I create these little artistic wards out of naturally sourced stuff that I found here, obsidian and choya cactus and pinyon sap and beeswax and bones and stuff like that and uh, create these you know, wards, protection wards, power wards, and uh, creativity wards. So yeah, they're, they're fun. And Chet helped me to basically motivated me to get on top of putting them out there in the world. I've been making them for my whole life. And I've been, you know, doing that as a process just for my own sake, but uh, protecting my windows and my cars and things like that. Um, but yeah, I've been making them for people too. And so Chet was like, Hey, you know, people seem to really respond to these. Why don't you uh, see if there's a market for them? And turns yeah. out there is. And it's exciting because for me, it's like I'm empowering people to empower themselves, you know? I'm mm-hmm. like, well, but that's great. What better thing could there be really? Yeah. And they're, they're even, and they're just cool looking. I just like them. I, I'm, go, I'm so glad that you're doing that. They're really cool. So go buy well, a ward. They're cheap too. They're really affordable. Buy a ward. What about you? You got anything available? Uh, um, just that painting, just the green nun painting. That's going to the LA art show this week, which is a huge art fair in LA and, and at, nice. the, at the convention center. And so um, we're at the, I'm at the copper booth. So they got a really good, good show this year. And, um, I guess they got some really good paintings this year, so uh, that'll be cool. And I just I'm working on commissions. No, I don't have anything for sale. <laughs> I, got, I mean, so I got my, my so just buy my work <laughs> then. Ignore chat. I got my usual stuff for sale, um, but I, I I will say I am working on something right now. I actually, sell the person that helps me uh, ship and stuff and stretch my canvases. She is stretching a. A fear. Can- We're trying to figure out how to stretch an oval canvas because mm. I want to do a limited edition of uh, a print, one or two prints from the canvas she clays from the fear show. 
and then oh, have cool. and in the frame in the frame from the show so it'll be you know like a higher end piece limited edition print in that cool oval frame i sculpted wow that's neat so if she can stretch that today i'll probably have that up this week for pre-order because nice. that, that that'll be really cool i think yeah, definitely. Because the G clays, they look almost exactly like the painting. You know, it's really pretty no, amazing. Your G clays are off the hook for sure. That's why I'm having you help me print G clays for me now. All right, I gotta <laughs> do that. Yours are that. so much better, and then I'm giving you the support instead of just dumping it on some, you know, crappy company that exists. Yeah, out there that I don't even know yeah, anything about. <laughs> you gotta remind me about that because I gotta, I gotta put that into the mix. I should be I able just to. Did remind yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, without much further ado here, we have an amazing guest that I have honestly, this is like, Brian was the first person I wanted. Brian Smith is who we have. And he's the first person I wanted to have on the show. Cause I just absolutely am in love with Brian Smith's artwork. Yeah. So yeah, we have Brian Smith today. Hello, Brian. Hey Hello. There. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for the uh, kind words, Mike. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. We go way back. Brian and I go way back, right? When did we meet? Oh, do you remember? Uh, probably, uh, probably maybe 10 years ago. I think I wrote you emails saying, Hey man, I, I like your work. And you wrote back and I think we met not too long after that. Yeah. 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 It's wow. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I watched his work develop from when he first started and, and, um, man, you lately have just been on a roll of hits. Like you're, I always see like paintings, like singles, like songs from albums. You know, and, and you've got the, you know, an album will contain a bunch of songs and then a few of them will be hits. And, you know, if I, just myself personally, it's like, you know, I don't always create hits. It's you can't always create hits. It's like, you, you know, you create good paintings and then you create great paintings and you have been, just been doing one great painting after another. It's been pretty amazing. Uh, right, Mike? Thanks. Don't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, the it's, it's incredible. It's fun to watch that amazing. evolution too, like you said. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I haven't known Brian nearly as long as I've as you've known him, but I met Brian in order to make you know the documentary Chet Zara, I like to paint monsters, and that was during the first shooting set. Brian was one of our first interviews that was like a friend slash colleague, and uh, that was in January of 2013. So you know, I mean, that what we're we're moving on five years now here of knowing each other, and to watch his work evolve over that period of time from what it was what I remember seeing in your studio when I was there filming with you because I have like kind of a photographic memory so I remember exactly how it looked you know and then I look at your work now and it really has come a long way and and but it's still just as profound and the funny thing is it's kind of like bands like Radiohead you know here's this band Radiohead who's been around forever and they just keep evolving and you never get sick of them because they just keep producing new interesting stuff and that's kind of what I how I think about your art well thanks for saying that um yeah, yeah. The uh, I think the works maybe uh, changed or gotten better. The, the studio hasn't. I'm still right here <laughs> where, where where you came that day. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I I was telling Chad earlier. I, I think it helps that I haven't had to do anything for shows or commissions because I have a I have a hard time with that kind of thing. It's I I think I do uh, better work sometimes when there's no pressure. You know, just mm -hmm. kind of doing my own thing, which I'm sure that that goes for just about anybody. But yeah, yeah. Thanks for saying all that. Thanks for having me on. And Chad, just wanted to say nice maggot. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great maggot. Yeah. Chad knows one thing. It's maggots. <laughs> well, I just was, I thought the green, it was like, 
I just had this thought, the green nun. I don't know where it pop, it popped into my head. And I was like, oh, she should be holding something. And then it just was like, I was thinking of things she could be holding. I was like, a maggot. That's yeah, great. It'd be perfect. <laughs> Giant maggot. And then I was thinking that, you know, it's really that painting is everything. Since everything I paint pretty much, unless it's very specific commission work, really exists in that dystopia world. And it got me thinking, you know, what are the maggots? Maybe that's where the, that's where, maybe that's where the, the creep will come from. Maybe that's where the, the, the inhabitants come from in dystopia. Maybe they start off right. as maggots. I got a text from him that night. <laughs> he was like, you know, I, I'm, I'm working on this idea and it's for a screen nun and she's holding this maggot. And I was thinking, maybe that's where the creep will come from in dystopia. These are the texts I get, you know, at 11 o'clock at night from chat czar. It's great. Yeah, hey, that's a great one. Anyway, let's, let's get on to, to you though. So yeah, Brian is like a friend of mine. Not only is he an artist we're you know, he's one of my, my, my art friends. Um, and uh, I'd like to know, you know, how you got start. You have an unusual career because you haven't done the gallery thing. You just sort of started doing it on your own and you've got this, you know, uh, collector base now. And, and, and you're, you're, I mean, you're doing the, as I, I you're in the 1% of people that are artists that are living off their artwork. So, um, and, and, but you've gone kind of like a non-traditional way about it. I think you just sort of have taken advantage of social media and you just sell direct and you haven't done, I mean, you've been in a lot of tons of group shows, but you haven't had like a big solo show or you've seemed to have been, you know, painting and selling direct. So I was just curious how you got started painting and, and, and how you're, you know, how you've done the whole career art career thing. Well, uh, going back to, I guess the uh, early nineties is when I, I started drawing. Uh, I, I did a bunch of big pencil drawings, but, Back then, it was uh, it was tough to sell them. You know, there was a before the internet. I guess you had to go around to galleries and try to show your work. And I mean, I just didn't have the time to to wait for that kind of thing to work out. So I got a job, did that for 10, 12 years, and I guess it was uh, about 10, 11 years ago that I quit working and just started focusing on painting full time and. What Thanks for the internet. What, what, was your, what was your job? I, I worked in the film industry. I was a, uh, I started out doing a bunch of different jobs and I eventually became a locations guy. So I uh, took, for anyone that doesn't know, that's when you take pictures of the locations that they film at and permits and things like that. And the whole time I did that, it was, uh, yeah, I, I was always, I always kind of knew that I wasn't going to do it for forever for very long. I knew at some point I would uh, try to get into doing something more creative. And uh, I saved up a little money, quit and just started painting. So that's wow. how that happened. And so did you see a, a, a response right away to your work? I mean, did you sell right away or how did that go? How long did it take you before um, you started selling? I, I, I think of, uh, when I started out, the the pieces were more abstract looking. Mm -hmm. I I remember selling a few on Etsy. Um, from there, I guess I put a few on eBay. God, it, it, it's it's hard to remember now, but not too long after that, I, I started showing uh, in group shows like at the Hive and Hyena Gallery and uh, Copro. Um, so yeah, and I I pretty much just been doing that from there on out from about 2010 on just 
group shows and then selling on my own. So that's about it. Well, cool. So you're, you, I mean, when you started painting, how did, did you just start painting or did you think I have a concept here? I'm going to try and express this idea or did you just, you know, how did it go? How did you decide what, you know, cause there's a million ways to go when you start painting. Yeah. Well, uh, I started when I started painting, I was just trying to paint the things that I was drawing maybe 10, 12, 15 years earlier. Mm. Um, and I, like I said, I started out with these more abstract paintings just to kind of get a sense for the uh, material, mm. the mediums and the oil paint. I would use a lot of uh, uh, tur turpentine and thinners and just rags just to kind of, you know, do abstract paintings. And from there, it led to more figurative kind of work, uh, mm -hmm. which is, which is what I was, I, I knew I would eventually, uh, go th uh, that route, but, um, it helped, it helped me to kind of learn the, uh, the materials that way. Um, and now I, I kind of find myself wanting to go back to that because it's, it's a, a lot looser. You, you have a lot more freedom when you work like that. So that's what I'm kind of hoping to do a little more of this year, not be, uh, so rigid and you know with ideas and things like that so so you're self-taught did you ever take art classes yeah. or go to art school or anything i i i didn't ever take classes or go to art school but i i i i came from a creative family my dad was a, a sign maker mm. and no, he's a great know. artist yeah he, he made plexiglass signs that are all over the city of la doesn't um, your, cool yeah does your your brother doesn't your brother do that or no, doesn't he do oh, he does some of that now, but he uses like a vinyl plotter. So it's okay. more like sticker. He, right. he does also cut plexiglass, but, but him and him and my dad were great, great artists. When I was a, a little kid, uh, th th you know, both of them would draw, uh, like fighter jets, uh, cars, things mm -hmm. like that. And they were, they were excellent. I mean, I, they still have them now and they're amazing drawings. And, uh, back when I was a, a little kid, I, I would, try to do some of that but i was no good and I, I i you know i i would draw things that were kind of weird and i i think that was even back then that was kind of what i did that was just kind of my own thing it was a little, little different right um but yeah and, and you know my my mom too she uh she did needlepoint mm -hmm. so and, the, and they all they all had art books like when i was a kid there was a lot of art books around yeah oh, yeah so you kind of grew up around it and that I did. I, 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 I'm interested now in kind of looking back, uh, into the past and seeing what it was that got me interested along the way. And I've pinpointed a bunch of these specific little things, a lot of album covers and books and, mm. you know, of course, movies and things right. like that, that kind of helped me, uh, that, that made an impression that made me want to make art. Right. Um, what were some of those, Brian, the, the movies and the comics and things that, that informed your creative process? The, uh, the, probably the, the first thing I can remember was my mom had a, a little book by the artist Hundervasser. I don't know if you guys know who that is. He's, a, he's an Austrian artist. Yeah. Um, yeah, his stuff, it's, it's hard to describe. Uh, it, there's nothing like it. It's just really different. Hundervasser. Um, yeah, Hundervasser. Uh, uh, and I, I, I actually found that book on eBay about a year ago and I was 
excited. You know, I, I hadn't seen this thing in, I don't know, 35 years, 40 years. Is this years, the so stuff I, I'm, I'm looking at that's really colorful? Yeah, it's yeah. really colorful. Really cool. Kind of, yeah, yeah. I, and, that, and that guy, there's all there's, there's a bunch of buildings and there's a lot of architecture. Oh yeah, around, I see that. Uh, yeah, I can see that. It wow. looks like his paintings, and I it's know, amazing. What a trip. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. So I mean, th- that was probably the the first thing that I can remember, and I also remember my dad had a, a book of uh, a spaceship art. I don't know if you guys know Chris Fosses. Mm-hmm. He does. I do, uh, yeah. yeah, I I think he's kind of the kind of the big guy in that genre and i don't know if he's the guy who did the art in this book because i think a lot of other artists did mm-hmm. it too but i just remember that you know that i that 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 made an impression on me I, this, this is going back like 40 years yeah sure I, sure yeah i had a space spaceship phase when i was a kid too, it actually mem- really because remember yeah. in the in the uh well let me see how how old are you brian you're like 45 Oh, okay. So yeah, five years younger than me. So I I remember in the it seems like in the seventies, late seventies, early eighties, there was a there was a few like art science science fiction art books of like spaceships and stuff. Mm-hmm, totally. Yeah, and I, and I got into that for a while. It was really cool. The weird little subset yeah. art movement, neat stuff. You know, yeah. yeah, with planets and, and stuff like that. Planets, yeah, and, and you know, uh, back then before for the internet days, um, you know, there was like sci-fi book covers. There was a lot of great art on those old, uh, paperback book covers. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, um, you know, album covers, of yeah. course was huge. I mean, that, that was the source of a lot of great art. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back in, um, in high school, a friend of mine, uh, kind of turned me on to deep purple mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and their, their third album, I think it's an it's an untitled album, but but the album cover was a a picture of a section of a, a Bosch painting. Oh, I'm not I sure which one. Huh. Uh, probably the Garden of Earthly Delights. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, man, I remember seeing that like the first time I saw that. I thought, oh, like you know, who's this? Like you know, it's amazing work, and mm-hmm. and that really kind of got me interested in art and uh, in uh, drawing and wanting to you know do something of my own. Do you remember? Did you and like? Then, you know, oh, sorry. Oh no, go ahead. I'm I'm kind of rambling here. No, I just was th- thinking. Did you do you remember that Queen album cover with the robot holding holding the bodies like he's holding a dead body in his hand? Yeah. Oh wait, that does sound vaguely familiar. I remember to me too. seeing that and going, "That is so cool." It's like a giant robot holding like, and there's he's holding a dead little guy in his hand, and they're like falling out yeah, of his hands. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm I'm looking it up right now. Oh yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, that was yeah. one. That was an album cover that really inspired me. But yeah, a lot of those albums from That's a great one. for me from the '70s were just really influential album covers. Look at yeah. you guys and your fast internet over there, being able to look at stuff in Skype at the same time. If I try to pull something up, it's over. It's game over for me. I'm out of the <laughs> Skype if I pull anything up. Oh really? Yeah, he's got really yeah, terrible internet. I live in the middle of nowhere. Ah. Uh. I have a pretty slow connection over here too, but I, uh, it, it, the hard lines plugged into the computer. So it's, it's working pretty fast right now. Oh, good. Um, anyway. Yeah. So uh, I, what, I, what, what were the artists that specific artists once you started painting? Cause I, I there's definitely a big Bekshinsky influence in your work, I think. And, um, 
it, it was Bekshinsky a big uh, uh, influence? Because I know he was for me, for sure. Oh, definitely, definitely. I, I, I didn't know who he was until about 10 years ago when I started painting. I started, uh, you know, uh, Googling to see who was out there. And that's when I came across you and Cam DeLeon, mm -hmm. Michael Husser, and Bekshinsky. Um, but before that, it was pretty much the only living artists that i knew about were giger and uh robert williams uh, uh you know uh, back in the 80s um uh, robert williams had a book called visual addiction and th that was a big deal when that came out mm -hmm. um so you know th there were those guys um but then yeah yeah bekshinsky uh of course you know he, i i found discovered him online and you know my mind was blown and yeah i uh you know, to this day, it's, uh, you know, 10 years later, I still see paintings of his that I've never seen before. I know. So prolific. So, it's insane. You know, I, I, I thought the other day, if this guy, you take his 50 worst paintings. I know. And if that was all he did, you would say, this guy is the most amazing painter that ever lived. Right. But here, right. there's probably a couple of thousand, maybe even more. I, I, yeah, it's... There's, I mean, there's definitely hundreds and hundreds for sure. I mean, I, I don't, I'd like, I'd be curious to see them cataloged because yeah, every day someone's posting a new one. And I thought I was the Bekshinsky authority and I knew every painting <laughs> and, and every day, yeah. every day I see a new one. It seems like. Well, talk about somebody who is painting the whole world, you know, I mean, you can't help, but when you look at his work, see the cohesiveness and see like, you know, it's like, I, I treat him almost like Stephen King is to writing like Bekshinsky is now that I know who he is to painting because it's like, he is, it, it, he's creating or channeling or involved with this whole entire world that you can tell is cohesive unto itself. And that all of these little paintings are like snapshots, you know, mm -hmm. and it's so similar to, you know, dystopia, for instance. And also, yeah. Brian, I think in your paintings too, it really does feel when I look at your work, like I'm seeing into this other world that you happen to be able to tie into, you know, because there is again, a cohesiveness and there's a lot of texture and there's a lot of depth of field and ambiguity and all the shit that gets me excited. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Bekshinsky definitely created his own universe. Um, and, you know, you look back over his, his work and there's definitely a few distinct looking periods. You know, you got the seventies mm -hmm. and eighties, the nineties, and they're all so different and so great in their own ways. So yeah. uh, that guy is just truly on another level. I, I don't think you can compare anybody else to, to him or what he's done. Uh, yeah. I like, uh, I like his, uh, no, no nonsense, no bullshit kind of attitude to the painting too. Like the, uh, I don't care what they, I don't, I'm not interested. I don't care what the, in, the paintings mean. And I'm not interested to know <laughs> he's got, he's just like, right. And all the paintings are untitled. It's like, shit. So cool. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, think, I think if you do one painting a month or a few a year, maybe you have a little more time or a little more uh, interest in having, having it uh, mean something kind of specific. But if it, if you're kind of consumed by it, you're just, it just becomes your whole life and right. there's no time. There's almost no time for meaning. It just kind of becomes what you do and who right. you are. No I don't know if that makes any sense. No but. time yeah, for absolutely. meaning. I like that. Well no, put. no time for meaning. That's a good quote. <laughs> that like is that. a good quote. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, it, 
I, that is how I feel when I, I look at his work. There's just so much of it, and it's so great that it, it does look like it's bigger than anything that he even he knew himself. Right. You know, it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's more about the mystery and uh, not anything that he was fully aware of. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think maybe that's the most important quality in art or music. It's, it's not what you know. It's maybe what you don't know. And yeah. Yeah, the spaces in between. Well, I mean, in regard to your process, Brian, do you approach it with with intentionality like that, where you're like, oh, this has meaning or this is this? Or do you just kind of go into the creative intuitive process and just throw down and see what happens? I, I do a lot of that. I, uh, I I try to think of ideas and concepts and I write them down. Sometimes I try to sketch them out. But once I start painting without fail within five or 10 minutes, I, it just, it feels like a complete waste of time to try to paint what I already know or, or what I can imagine. So, um, it just feels like what might happen is a hundred times more interesting than mm-hmm. what I know. And that's generally the case. If I, if something is too close to what I, uh, I I'm hoping to paint, it looks forced. It looks kind of rigid, but pieces that just kind of develop over the course of a few weeks, they look uh, much looser and they, 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 uh, uh, they just look better to me. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I try to have ideas. They just don't always work. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's legit. I mean, that's a legit explanation for the process for you. And I can relate to that because I'm all, you know, I'm all about that quote, happy accident. Cause when I was a little kid, I remember I worked really hard on this thing for my mom. I was like in the third or fourth grade or something. And it was like Hawaiian day at school. Who knows why <laughs> this is my weird memory, but I was painting or drawing this little Hawaiian thing for my mom. And I brought it home and I was so bummed because I had screwed this part up that I worked so hard on. And my mom was like, my mom was like, no, that's cool. She was like, you know, sometimes when you make mistakes, it turns out to make it more interesting. And that like just stuck in my head, you know? So I, even now, like when I sit down to make a ward or sit down to make a collage work or even a film, it's like, like you said, I can really relate to that. Cause there's this sensation of discovery where it's like, it really wants to do what it wants to do. And you kind of just really need to go with it because if you don't, it's not going to look right. You know? I think so. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think there's a, there's a lot of truth to that. Just kind of, kind of getting out of the way and, and letting things happen and, and seeing what happens and kind of going with it. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's like the, the mystical part of art making, I think is, is that, that mysterious who knows where it came from or what's making it happen. Or it's such a weird, it's like, you, it's almost beyond words. Really. It's hard mm-hmm. to explain to someone who doesn't yeah. paint or create yeah. artwork. It's, it's like, you just, you're just doing this thing. It's just, it's, you know, it really is kind of beyond words. I think it's, you know, I don't know. You can, you can describe it, but it doesn't quite capture it in words. You yeah. Know? And it's probably not supposed, it's, maybe it's not meant to be able to uh, be put in, into words. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, 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 I listened to your uh, podcast with Gabe Leonard and I, I, I think he was talking a lot about, uh, like the shapes of a painting, like mm-hmm. the, working out the composition and the balance and things like that. And, and to me, I, I, I think, and he really is great at that. I, I look at his pieces and, and there really is a nice flow mm-hmm. to everything he does. You know, if you kind of squint your eyes, like nothing ever catches your eye as being out of place. Right. Yeah. 
And I, I, I think that's important I'm, for me anyway. I, I, I try to kind of focus on the, on that kind of thing on the composition. Yeah. And, well, that's what, uh, Frazetta used to do is his, he would, um, I, th- I think I, I heard this somewhere is that he would, his paintings would work as abstracts. Like he would take, you know, he'd do these roughs and, if you took one, take one of his paintings and basically just paint it as an abstract with colors and shapes, it still works as an abstract painting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I could see that thing with his work. Yeah. He, he was another one that was great at that. Probably that, one of the best ever, that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's, I think that's, uh, you know, a lot of, I think younger artists kind of miss that too. Like they're hung up with <clears throat> trying to paint this thing to look right or paint, this figure to look like this figure when you know the one the most one of the most important things is breaking down a painting and seeing it as a series of shapes and colors and tones that just feel right to the eye you know and that's I think so yeah that's i think it's something you develop as you as you mature as an artist maybe i think it's super important though <clears throat> really important yeah i i i think if, if all that is kind of working then they're it almost doesn't even matter what it is right. you're painting. It's, it seems like like there is almost a kind of meaning in that, mm-hmm. just because it's working and right. it, it, it looks good. Right, right, um, feels right. Yeah, it just feels right. And and, and you know, uh, I, I I see this happening with your work, Chet, since you post a lot of progress pictures. That sometimes it's not until the very end that you kind of figure out what what your painting needs. Yeah, yeah. Um, to kind of make it all come together. And I, I, that, that is a really, uh, uh, common thing I think with paintings. And I, I, I go through that a lot, just trying to figure out what it needs yeah. right, at the, right up in it. Well, especially uh, people like us that are doing this weird kind of, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, fantasy work, stuff that doesn't exist in reality. And we're not using a lot of photo reference, you know, we're kind of going yeah. out of our imagination. So, you know, we don't really have anything to, refer to so there's a lot more futzing around with it and 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 not knowing until you hit it like with that that green nun painting i did a study and i did it with a background all black because that's how i imagined it and then i i and it looked good on the study and then i went to paint the big one and it wasn't until i put that kind of reddish color in the background that the whole thing came together it just was not i could not figure it out you know i painted that thing really fast Mm -hmm. And it would, but something wasn't right. And it's not like I could refer to, I mean, I, I refer to the, um, the study, but it still just wasn't working on that larger scale for some reason. And, you know, other than that study, you don't know, that's where you need to know basic art principles, I suppose. But I just started screwing around with it. And I mean, it was 90% done, but it wasn't right yet. You know what I mean? Just yeah, something wasn't yeah, right. Yeah. And then I put that red in the background and it, that was it. That's what made it click. You know, I, I, I think, I think that's a, a part of what can be so frustrating about painting is, um, is, you know, you can work on something for weeks and you just know it's not right. Mm. And you just can't be done with it until you figure what that one thing is until you figure that one thing out yeah, and it drives you insane. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't, but it, it can be maddening until you figure out what that thing is. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Well, who, who are you, your, uh, favorite painters right now? Or do you have like contemporary painters that you really like? 
and follow and yeah you know i i uh i i really liked what what jed likeness did just it was terrible what happened I know. can't believe it i uh, he really was a, a great painter i he's one of the best and, he generated so much work. I, I, I had to kind of try to not look at his work too much because you, you know, you don't want to be influenced by what other people are doing, but I, I really appreciated what a great painter he was. I mm-hmm. think he was one of the best. Yeah. Um, so it's, I'm really bummed that he's gone. His, his stuff, uh, you know, he, he, it was, it was fun to look at and try to understand how he was doing what he was doing. His stuff was so loose. Yeah. I think he was the only guy really doing that. I can think of off the top of my head that was doing that really loose style in this kind of dark stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He really yeah. Knew he, what was he was really, doing. he was great, man. Um, yeah, that's a huge drag. I don't think he knew uh, how good he was. I think, yeah, I agree. I would say the same, but I think that's true for most artists. I mean, I I don't think you know how good you are, Chad. I don't think you know how good you are, Brian. I mean, I think that that's that's common amongst artisans. You know what I mean? Is not to be able to have any objectivity of their own artwork and plenty of subjectivity, you know, because his work was off the hook. Like you said, the darkest, loosest that there is. I mean, you know, he definitely was prodigal in that way. And so it's, you know, but I don't, I think you're right. I don't think he saw the value in it that that we all see in it. You know what I mean? That was the thing I would always talk to him about is like, man, your prices are way too low. You got to raise your prices. And he, I know he struggled with that. You know, he would tell me like, well, I don't know. I'm like, dude, your prices should be at least three times what they are. And it, you know, it was cool that he was able to made his work affordable, but it it wasn't coming from a place. I don't think where he was just trying to give people a good deal. I think it came from a place of insecurity, you know? Yep. Yep. I would agree. Could be. Yeah. I mean, he, maybe he, uh, he did have a sense for how good he was and, Maybe just uh, was bummed that he wasn't getting the kind of recognition or the That's money the that he I, wanted to get. I was when I was dropping that painting off last night to Gary. We were talking about Jed, and and that's one of the things Gary said is like his career was just starting to take off. Yeah, yeah. so fucked yeah. up. It was worst us. I can't believe he did that. I, I don't think I, I don't think I knew he was as young as he was. Wasn't he only thirty three? Yeah. Yep. That's yeah, when I started really painting. I didn't start painting until I was 33. And Me either. Yeah, I was 35, I think. So, wasn't yeah, Jed, a, and Jed was out of Wisco, right? Wisconsin? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. He was a ta- yeah, tattoo artist, too. He's, you know, amazing tattoo right, artist. Right. He was a great, great tattoo artist, also. Yep. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I, you know, I'm bummed, and I didn't even know the guy. So, I, you know, I feel terrible for his friends and family and I know. Uh, everyone else that liked what he did. It's, it's, it's a terrible thing. Yeah, it's fucked but, up. Um, Way to bring the show down. Well, no, I, <laughs> just I, kidding. Well, you, you were asking him about contemporary artists <laughs> that he's kidding. interested in. I mean, it's pretty cool that the first one he thought of was, no. was Jed. That's great, yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we we had a chance to talk about him. Um, but, uh, you know, th- th- there's a lot of people these last uh, seven, eight years or so since, uh, you know, I've been on Facebook and social media, you know, you see a lot of people whose stuff you like. There's a, I, I-, I mentioned Cam earlier, Cam DeLeon. 
Yeah, I wish uh, he would paint more, man. He's like every painting he does is pretty much a masterpiece, but he hardly ever yeah, produces I, anymore. Yeah, he he's he's really amazing. Uh, I I I think it was a digital piece of his called Re- uh, Revenant that he did back I don't know 10, 12 years ago. That, that was one of the first pieces I saw that it was a print that had me kind of thinking, oh man, you know, this guy, whoever this is, this guy is really good. And yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, I, he, I, he's one of the first, I mean, uh, um, hold on. I was looking that up. Revenant. He's one. Of yeah. The, it's like, a, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, go ahead. I just have had a bunch of coffee. Um, he, he's, he was the, one of the, one of the he's like the first guy that kind of mentored me on getting started with my prints and stuff oh okay you know yeah. i mean we used to hang out all the time and uh i don't see which it doesn't come up oh well yeah right. all, but all, all his work's amazing all his work is yeah incredible. yeah yeah I'll, I'll try to send you a picture of that piece it's like a guy that looks like he's in the cockpit of a, a car or a plane. oh yeah 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 i know that one yeah that's amazing that's yeah. just so amazing he's a he's a genius I, he's I think, a genius i think that's what it's called i'm not positive but. yeah yeah I, i've got it up here it's incredible it's so f- amazing anyway uh yeah. yeah well what what you got some other artists what about what do you think of dos diablos have you seen his stuff uh, he's great yeah uh, his his stuff's amazing. He uh, it seems like he can paint fast and loose yeah. and get a lot of good yeah. Texture. You know, come to he's more he's kind of in that Jed likeness realm a little bit where he's painting looser. Except his stuff isn't really his stuff is more surreal than Jed's. Jed's was like yeah. more yeah. about kind of gory and more you know Lots just monster. Yeah, more yeah. horror oriented. Whereas Dos Diablos is a lot more surreal. You know, yeah, like, yeah, like bizarre. He's great. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I've been doing it for ten years, and I, I still can't paint like that. So I, I got a lot of uh, appreciation for what he does. Right. I think he's really good. Yeah. And, and you know, th- there's guys like, uh, like a, a buddy. I, th- I think Buddy Nestor does some neat stuff. I don't know. If, I don't think he paints as much as he used to. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen him I painting. I like Buddy stuff. I haven't seen him painting in a long time. Or, yeah, I like he, uh, Charlie. Charlie Emmer. Oh no, go ahead, Chad. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, Ch- uh, Charles Emmer's great. He's he's a, another guy. Kind of seems flying a little under the radar, or I don't know if he's not producing as much. But he was kind of hot for a while. But his stuff's great. It's that kind of yeah. weird jelly skeleton looking stuff. Right, right. Yeah, he's he's really great. Um, I, I think he does work for shows. Maybe uh, maybe he just doesn't post that much. So mm-hmm. it seems like some people are kind of flying under the radar but you know they just don't post a lot right um yeah. uh, uh, another guy is a really great painter is uh, joe soren oh yeah 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 jo- you know Joe's, uh, like, he, he just, hit, hit the big time he kind yeah of yeah time. his uh his stuff's really loose and you know it's got that good kind of painterly quality or mm-hmm. whatever you call it um i always like looking at his work i, uh, I started using flat brushes because of him flats you know the, the squared off brushes around i was doing filberts with the rounded okay. edges um forever and then i started Me too. Yeah. and then I, I noticed his paintings he was using flat brushes because he was getting these really okay. hard lines and then i just switched to flats and that's kind of what i use now for for most of my painting oh nice i'll have to try that myself yeah yeah it's cool i like it you can get the a nice sharp edge and 
use the corner of the brush as well. I like it. I've been kind of lucky because uh, uh, Joy's mom, when she passed away many years ago, she passed us down all these old art supplies that had never been used. And so I have this box over here of brushes and it's seriously like that, just like five mm. inches deep of every kind of brand new brush you've ever seen in your life. Every type, every, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's like when I'm working on my stuff, even though I'm making a mess mostly when I'm working on my art, cause it's acrylic and I'm using, I'm not diluting it. I'm like squeezing it straight out of the fucking tube and sticking my hands in it. But when I do use paint brushes, I found that you're right. Those flat edge ones are really great for getting nice hard lines and getting that really good clean feel, you know, yeah. because I have, there's a bunch of the rounded tip ones too. And those those ones are just muddy. They're, it's like it's kind of like you. It's like taking a mop. You know, like when you're mm. mopping up water. It's kind of like you're mopping the I, paint around. I it. did everything in in those filbert brushes for ten years. You know, and and I haven't gone back since I started using flats. Oh man, yeah. that's good. Good to know. Yeah, I'll, I'll try that. Yeah. Pro tips: Chad Zar on the Dark Arts Society <laughs> podcast this Wednesday. I I got I had a box from my Lisa's. Uh, grandmother she was a she was a really great artist actually and um when she died she left me all her art supplies so i got when i first started painting the first paints and brushes i used were from this box same thing of art, art supplies she gave to me which was really That's cool. so cool because there's like think about all the energy in that you know, know what i mean like these brushes that came from this person that got him at this place that was shipped you know to that place yeah. goddamn six some years ago yeah, yeah it's so cool that is nice yeah yeah i uh I, I was looking looking around the other day. I, I, the easel that I use, the drafting table, the uh, chair that I sit on—it's it, all stuff that was free on Craigslist or mm-hmm. people were just giving away. So yeah. it, it's great when you get those hand-me-downs like that. And Brian is living like Brian is the kind of like he is a true yeah, starving the, artist. The true, well, <laughs> just the true art, you know, just the true artist. Like he's living it every day. He's his his he's, he lives in a little small place and it's full of his art packed on every available space and that's where he paints and that's where he works and it's like you're just in it twenty four seven you know and just you know just grinding it out every day like you're living the 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 art life man you know yeah yeah it it it's, it's what I like to do and Isn't everything fucking- else pretty much great to not have to go to a job isn't it amazing it is yeah (laughs) it's it's definitely it's not an easy way to live but nothing is i mean it's 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 what i want to do so that's the thing it's like Um, if you had to get up in the morning and go to a job that's a just another kind of difficult thing to do so it's like life's gonna be difficult one way or another so it might as well be difficult doing what you love to do you know yeah yeah um, and you know, I mean, everything else, uh, kind of bores me to tears anymore. So I just paint and run old movies and documentaries and yeah, just listen like to music. And yeah, we gotta, so. get, we gotta get together more. Cause you're only like 20 minute drive for me. It's like, we live so close and, but that's the thing. It's is, not even that. Yeah. It's 10 like, minutes. Yeah. 10 minutes. It's, and it's like, the thing is, is we're both grinding it out seven days a week. You know what I mean? You guys are both living you, the art life. Yeah. <laughs> the art life doesn't leave much room for socializing. Yeah. <laughs> this is me and yeah. Chet's one hour, so, our social hour once a week. Yeah. It's the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I know. It, it's funny that we, we do live just, uh, I, I told you I was looking at a place over there by you a while back. And I think it, I think we're only like six freeway off ramps away from each other. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. So, 
Um, well, we're going to do yeah. that, right? We're, we're making a vow to get together more this year, aren't we? We're going to have Zello soon. Yeah, yeah. This week we're supposed to Definitely have Zello. Yeah. So um, do you paint every day? Do you have a schedule or do you just always... It seems like you just always paint to me, but uh, do you have like a, a schedule yeah. you work on? Uh, it's it's probably like like most people just get up and look online and then you know think about what you want to do later and I eventually get going I guess uh, probably around noon and paint until about midnight mm. is uh, seems to be about the normal day. Um, yeah, and it just doesn't really seem to change much. Um, I, 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 I guess there are days where I think about maybe not wanting to do it, but there's just nothing else to do really, unless you want to go out and sit in traffic in LA and right. <laughs> deal with crowds and everything. So exactly, uh, there's you know it's definitely what I want to do more than anything else. So right, it's a solitary life, though, man. It's funny how, you know, it's weird though. It's like, so here he is, Brian, he's living this solitary art life in the midst of all this chaos and all these people, you know, <laughs> and the reason you don't want to go out is to have to deal with all that, which I totally get. Here I am living in the middle of nowhere, surrounded <laughs> by nothing but horses and cows and land, right? And the reason I don't want to go out is because it's such a pain in the ass to have to go as far as I have to go to do anything, <laughs> but it's the same difference in the city just for different reasons. You right. know? It's just yeah, a trip. That's true. I didn't, never thought about it that way. Um, yeah, but yeah, you know, LA, it's just so overcrowded here. I, 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 I talk, I think about moving sometimes to a place that's, you know, kind of like where you live, Mike, where you mm -hmm. have a little more, a lot more space, but the, the, you know, the, the good thing about LA is that it's the, the diversity. And if you want to be anonymous, you can be like, I, I like, I, I like that part about it, mm -hmm. but I like having the um, option of doing stuff too. Even though I never do anything, I do like having that option. <laughs> Something yeah. about having the option feels kind of good. And, uh, you know, there, yeah. And, uh, you know, I do go to shows and stuff too. Once well, and in a also while. you can like, you could just hop in your car and drive five minutes to get a couple packs of cigarettes and drive back home. And if you forgot something, you just hop back in your car and drive five more minutes. Yeah. I mean, dude, if I drive to town and I forget something, it's going to be an hour and a half before the whole thing's <laughs> fucking done. You yeah. Know? That's, that's the price you pay for living in that kind of, Exactly. Peace, but it's yeah. just funny because that isolation is self-imposed, whether it's because we're in the midst of a city surrounded by people or whether we're in the middle of nowhere because we've chosen to be here. So we're not surrounded by people. Right. You know what I mean? It's all this, it's self-imposed, these limitations, you know, that we right. place on ourselves. I mean, that's it. We, we've talked about that before with art, you know, chat, you and I about that, where like we work better when we have limitations insofar as our art is concerned. Like right. if I have less things to work with, I produce better work. If I have everything to choose from, then it's like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's true. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to ask you, Mike, how many feet away is your nearest neighbor where you live? I've heard you talk about having some space out there. Yeah. Um, well, it's like acres away. Acres so away. Like, yeah. So like my, you know, if I want to see a house, like I look out my window and there's like three pastures over is a house way off over there. <laughs> and the pastures yeah. between us probably amount to, I mean, I'm probably looking about four and a half acres out my window yeah. to a, to a house right now. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, there's nobody around us really. And there's just like cows on the one side and horses on the other side. So you like, like watch the cows or watch the horses basically. 
you know? Yeah, it's great, man. I love that. But it is, it, you know, it's one of those things you can get kind of cabin fever yeah. out here. That's the reality because, I mean, internet, huge deal, right? But I mean, yeah, you kind of, you're out here and you get locked in this weird kind of a state. You guys probably get this too in the city where it's like, I could leave, but I don't. And then I like the longer I don't, the more I, I feel like I shouldn't, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, I'm running yeah. out of groceries and I haven't left the house in like uh, almost two weeks. You know, I mean, I've left the house, but I haven't gone anywhere. I haven't left my property. You know right. what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I got to go to town now, you know? But then when you go into town, it's a little more stressful because you haven't done it in so long. So then you're like, oh man, it's been a week and a half since I've seen a human being, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I like the idea of only having to go out every couple of weeks and get groceries. And well, you, you know, one option is, and I, and it makes me think of it because last night I had to drop this nun painting to Gary and I did it after hours, you know, at night. One option is to go, to go nocturnal because it's like freeways I are did that for 10 years. LA freeways are great when there's at night in the middle of the night. Yeah. You know, I, I drove out there. I left around nine thirty, and I and I went there and talked for a little while with them, and then came back like at eleven or something. And it was just like no traffic, so nice. Took yeah, me when I lived time. in the city, well, that's how I survived in the city. When I lived in the city, I worked graveyards. So the, for the ten years I lived in the city, that's what I was doing: working graveyards. Nothing's open though. <laughs> <grocery> <laughs> no, but there's like twenty-four hour grocery right. stores, like Winco. Go to a Winco, get everything you want. There's nobody bumping into you. There's nobody hassling and kids screaming and crying traffic. Yeah, I loved it. But it can be depressing too when you yeah. don't ever see the sun. So New Mexico is kind of better for me because I get to see the sun a lot. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Brian. Brian. Yeah. What's your, uh, technically, what's your, your technique? Do you paint? Do you do underpaintings and you know, go right into color or, or what do you do the grisaille thing where you're kind of doing grayscale and build your color up? How do you, how do you do it? Cause you have a really weird technique. It seems to me like you have a really unusual, not only a painting style, but it seems like your, your, your paintings are like all about glazing. It seems like. Yeah, his paintings look like they're underwater or something. Yeah. It's like, you're just glazing and glazing. Well, so Am I bad. right? Thick and deep. Yeah. I, I, I think that's what happens when you don't really know how to paint. Because <laughs> <laughs> you just glaze I, and glaze? I, yeah, you just keep going until it starts looking right or until it starts looking good. So you, you're going, like, uh, is your stuff like very light at first and then you're slowly darkening it as you go? Or is it start yeah, off dark and then I'm, you're lightening it? Or uh, For a long time, I, I, I painted that way where I started light. The last few years or so i'm putting much more of a, a a darker surface on to begin with right and then i'm painting on top of that well it's working um, it's working because I, like i said i think you're creating your bet some of your best work ever now you know so that's a good, I, uh, good way to go i i've been trying something a little different the last year or so where i put a bunch of paint on the panel and i let it dry and then i sand it off and i just try to look and see what's there. Mm. If there's anything, anything there that I could work with. Um, oh, and sometimes cool. I'll let some of those, I'll glaze over some of those uh, colors that are underneath and, you know, they'll kind of creep up through the, uh, through the surface. Um, that's a cool idea. Sanding off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you, if you don't have, you know, a million ideas, you need to, you need to work in a way that, uh, where you can kind of, 
uh, find things in the paint. Yeah, yeah. So trying to trying to do a little more of that, and it also makes it a little more fun, I guess, uh, a little more interesting to work that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do I do that with underpainting, like the uh, my underpainting stage. If I'm just messing around and coming up with character studies, I'll just paint like a really quick use a really big brush just like the rough shape of a head not and not can be concerned right. with it looking right. right and just let the paint run and just sometimes i'll throw some turp uh, uh gamps all on it splash it on and just let it sit and whatever whatever it ends up i'll look at it and see what kind of shape head it's completely like you're it's like a rorschach kind of test right you know that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're just looking to see what's there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that can be a, a helpful way to work when you're doing a lot of paintings. When you do it all the time. Mm-hmm. So you're. Yeah. I, are you? Are you? So you're. I'm just trying to get how your your technique is. You know what I mean? Are you using like? Yeah. A lot of little brushes, or because I know that's one thing. Bekshinsky, when I saw Bekshinsky for for the first time in person, I was blown away because his paintings were all done with tiny brushes, almost like cross hatching. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. His, uh, I, 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 I try to start with a a wide brush, and then you know I work my way down to smaller brushes. Um, so his pretty- stuff has a really neat kind of scratchy right. quality. So you're working pretty um, traditional in that sense, then. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the uh, thing is, like, I I look at your work and uh, some other people, I guess, out there when they post p- progress p- pictures, it, it, your stuff seems to look pretty good early on. Um, I'm not sure why that is. Uh, I uh, not always. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you know, for the most part, like I can already tell who it is you're painting sometimes if you're trying mm-hmm. to capture a likeness. Right. Um, uh, for me, like I, I just don't seem to have that kind of skill. So sometimes a painting, it just does not look good to me until the very, very I end. I, yeah. It's hard, like, hard to yeah. work through that <laughs> when you're, your so, painting looks like shit until the very end. Cause you have to just work on this thing that doesn't look good and you have to keep from stopping and quitting yeah you know exactly and i i i i've had this problem the last uh i don't know i guess as long as i've been doing this that uh, uh, sometimes a painting will be maybe 75 percent done and I, I just can't seem to get it looking right mm. so i'll i'll quit i'll give up on it i'll sand off that paint and then just completely start over and you know there's tons of time that's that's gone to waste i mean you know you learn from that but it's uh the other day i uh i sanded off a a big piece uh, a finished painting that i'd varnished and everything really it was 32 by 32 and i just something not right about it that i stripped all the at first i was just going to fix the face but i ended up just getting carried away and i sanded (laughs) off the whole piece and and now I, I, I keep, whenever I see it online, I keep uh, telling myself, you know, man, I got to try to not ever do that again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it didn't, but, it didn't give you something to paint on that might be cool, you know, like a weird abstract shape or something, or did you sand it all the way I, off? I pretty much sanded it all the way off, oh, but <laughs> I, 
I, I guess sometimes it, you know, it can almost feel good in a way just to be done with something and not ever have to think about it again. Cause there's no, no going back. Like it's gone now. So That's a, I know, I know a lot of people are talking about like they burn their painting, unsuccessful paintings. You, I yeah. see people, I'm always like, what the fuck are you burning a painting for? It's, it just seems like why not at least use the canvas to repaint or right, right. keep it for your, um, the future, when you become a big successful artist, you'll have these old unsuccessful paintings that will have some value. I imagine that it's it's for cathartic reasons, yeah. Chad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that just I seems mean, so I, I get the frustration <laughs> in it. I mean, there's shit that I work on where, like, you know, it, it's not doing what you want, and it gets to a certain point where you're like, it would feel more gratifying just to break it, basically, right. because you're like, you know, well, fuck you, fuck you, you <laughs> piece of art. I don't even want to deal with you anymore. I'm pissed at you now, you know. And there is, I mean, there there is a, a level of catharsis to that, but I also appreciate your pragmatism, Chet. And yes, we we should really not waste shit. <laughs> I, I can't yes. afford to waste shit. That's where I'm at. So it's like, hey, it's all good. I just think I'm not wasting anything. I'm repurposing anything if, I can find. If you're if you end up being a successful artist, there is value. There will be value in everything you've ever done. Course, you know what totally. I mean? That's the way I see it. But you have to have enough yeah. confidence going into it to recognize that you may eventually become that amazing, you know, well-known artist. Not everybody has that. A lot of people are more self-conscious and and lack that level of esteem. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Well, and the thing is, if you have some, yeah, baby. <laughs> sorry, Brian. Well, yeah, you know, sometimes you just don't want your the pieces that you're not proud of floating around yeah, out there because that's true. That's they, true. they can get around and get posted, and then you'll be kind of that's become known. True. That. Well, you but, know what? I, what I do is I, I, all my, cra- I don't want to say crappy stuff, but stuff that I wouldn't say is finished enough to call a finished painting. I will. Um, that's kind of my eBay outlet is like, I'll do class demo paintings that are just, you know, the only reason I did the painting was to show the class, how I paint. So I don't necessarily finish that painting. And it's like three hours on a painting, which is nothing for me. That's not enough time to make it look really good, but it's, I throw it on eBay and it's just a way to make a little extra money. And someone can, uh, afford to buy it because it's you know it's just going to sit there so i might as well throw it out there on ebay and give someone an opportunity you're also check you're also super prolific i mean there are artists out there that don't paint 50 paintings a year and so you know it it adds up more when they put something out there that they don't feel as confident yeah yeah that's true i've got enough well that's i guess i've got enough good work out there to where i don't have to worry about that aspect of it exactly yeah maybe yeah yeah i i Um, but, but, but yeah, yeah, I think that's one of the good things about wood panels is you can just sand the paint off and reuse them Uh, on a canvas. Sometimes that, that doesn't always work. Um, Do you mostly paint on wood? Yeah, it's all wood panels. Oh, that's everything. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I guess I, I, I did start out with canvases, but. I'm not sure why I switched over to wood panels at some point. Um, I, I think I just like that there's no texture underneath the uh, paint. Mm. Sometimes on those thin layers, you can see the uh, canvas text underneath. Right. So you use a lot of paint. You don't really see too much of that, I guess. But, yeah, I've, yeah. I'm on. I'm been on. I like painting on wood, and but most of my paintings are on canvas. I don't know why. I I guess because they're lightweight. 
and I can't, you yeah, know, I don't chip. To ship. Yeah, and I don't chip the corners. Yeah. You know, that's, I have a problem yeah, with chipping yeah. corners on the out dropping paintings and chipping them. That happens. That's yeah. insane. But well, I mean, we're. Well, I got I got one more question oh, here okay. for Brian before, and then this is case specific since we're kind of talking about a little bit of pro tip type stuff here at the end from two successful artists living the art life. Brian, I'm curious uh, if you have any advice for new artists or not necessarily new, but people that are trying to market their work out there. You know, you're, you're a guy who you have a social media presence, but like Chad already noted in the beginning of the episode, you haven't done a bunch of solo shows and yet you're earning your income off of your artwork. And so for people out there that are just trying to break in, like, how do I sell this? What's a good way to approach it? You know, do you have any hints or tips or ideas for those people? Um, that's a good question. Man. From a guy yeah, who's doing it, from, from a guy who's grinding it out. I'm doing it, but I, I don't sell a lot of paintings, so I might not be the best person to give advice. <laughs> yeah, but you're making of, a living from it. Yeah. You you're not subsidizing job. with another job. You're not like painting houses on the weekend or anything. Yeah. Uh, let me think. I mean, have you just found your success basically through posting your imagery on Facebook and Instagram and people see it and they dig it and they share it and then you sell? Is that how it rolls for you? Yeah, that, that, that seems to be what happens. Um, you know, I, I, I guess it, it's been helpful lately for me to make sure that when I post something on Instagram or Facebook that it, I also post it in my store at the same time. I used to not do that. Hmm. So, you know, I used to post it and then a week later I might put it up on my store. That's a good, I, I think uh, maybe it's helpful. That's a good idea. Yeah, great actually. Point. yeah good point. Yeah, work on the buzz. Yeah. Keep that keep have that buzz lead them down a hole. Well, someone I, I remember someone telling me about sales in general. You have to make it easy for someone to buy your work. Oh yeah. You know, that was, that's I, one of my bosses used to say my boss used to always good. say, Don't make it hard for the customers to give <laughs> yeah, you their money. Because so, <laughs> even to the point yeah. where people on social media will say, Send me a mess private message or send me an email if you want to buy this. It's like if you have yeah. it in the store to where they can push one button and enter their information, you're way more likely to sell a piece, you know? Yep. Yeah. That helps. Yeah, definitely. I, like I said, I, I I have a hard time doing a lot of promotion and things like that, but but that one little thing that I started doing recently seems like it's led to some, some sales. So it's helped. And you're doing smaller pieces now too, right? <clears throat> Which is helping with your sales. Yeah, the smaller, smaller pieces are, are helping. Um, they're just not as fun to do. Uh, you know, I, I last, I don't know, four or five years, I was doing bigger pieces, not, not huge, but maybe, uh, 24 by 30 in that size. Mm -hmm. and, and when you work big like that, it's easier to kind of, kind of really get into it. Yeah, you know, you definitely get, you can almost get into kind of a zone mm -hmm. where it's almost more fun for me. Like those small ones there, the, the good thing about them is that I don't feel as much pressure. I can just kind of, if they don't work, they don't work. It's a small panel. I can sand off the paint, but right. But the bigger one, you know, I, 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 I enjoy doing those more. Um, I, uh, I was going to say, um, uh, earlier, but I, I, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, back when I was a kid, I went to an arcade and I, I saw this guy playing the video game Tempest and, uh, and you could tell this guy was just, he was in like a zone. He was, he was doing everything right. And he started laughing hysterically, like people were coming up <laughs> behind him and watching this guy. And I remember as like a 
a seven, eight year old kid, I was just looking at this guy thinking like, oh man, like, you know, this guy is in some kind of almost like an altered state or a zone. And I, I always wanted to be able to do something like that to uh, get into that kind of mind. And, and I, I, I think bigger paintings kind of every now and again, it doesn't happen a lot, but when things are kind of working and I have the right music playing on my headphones, I'm able to kind of get into that state of mind. And, um, you know, th th that really is important. I think to, to kind of learn to like what you're doing. And mm. I, I, I think that's something that, you know, I'm, I'm not there yet. Like, I, I think that that's, that's a big part of painting that I'm looking forward to is having fun with it and yeah. not just stressing about getting good at it and making it yeah. look better. Like yeah. I want Oh yeah, so that's the that's so, the reward. Other than other than selling it, I think that's the real reward of painting is that when you when you get into that meditative space and you're not struggling and you're just enjoying the process and you know time kind of right. goes away and you're just like totally into what you're doing. That's the reward. Definitely, it's not to I me. Mean, it's I, not I, the finished painting. It's that you know that see, space. The process, For me, yeah, yeah, the process. See, that's where I'm, I'm not there. Like I, I, for me, it's all about the finished painting. Like I like looking at a finished piece and mm -hmm. thinking about, you know, how it looks and what, what works and what maybe doesn't work. But the, the act of painting to me is kind of, it, it can be kind of a drag most of the time mm -hmm. until it starts looking good. Right. So I really want to get to that point where, you know, man, like I want to, do this every day not because i have to but because it's actually kind of fun so, right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, well you must know, know that, that go ahead what i was just gonna say you must know you must know that 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 is a destination point that's in store for yourself otherwise you wouldn't be grinding on that you know you must know that that's somewhere out there on the horizon where you're going to be able to do it effortlessly enough that you can just enjoy the process and not have to be so concerned about the the outcome Definitely. I, I, I look forward to that day and you know, it's, it's not all misery painting, but you know, it, it is frustrating. Oh man. It's so frustrating I mean, sometimes. Yeah, A lot of frustration, a ton and, of frustration, but I do know that that is possible. And, you know, I, I like I said, it, it'd be great to be able to get into that kind of zone more often and mm. maybe easier to where you're, you know, you, I, and I, I get that every once in a while where it actually feels like there's electricity going off in your brain and, mm -hmm. and it, you know, it doesn't last for long, but man, like when that happens, like it really is, it's just a great thing. And yeah, it's the best high there is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I can't remember if I'm just, if I was answering a question or if I was just rambling. Oh, that's a or... great, no, that's a, that's a great, a great detail for people to discover more about Brian Smith. I think it's fascinating personally. Yeah. I mean, cause I've always been like all about the, I'm, I'm kind of the inversion of that. I'm all about the process for myself. So it's like, honestly, once it's done, I don't even give two shits about it anymore. It's like, Oh, that's yeah. done moving on now. But the, while the process is happening, like let's say I'm working on something and I go out for like a cigarette break, I will not be able to stop thinking about it. I'll go to bed at night, not being able to stop thinking about what I'm, cause I'm, I'm in my head thinking, okay, I'm going to do this next. And I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do that. And then, but once I do, I've done all of it, I'm like, whatever, what, what's the huh. next thing to do? You know, <laughs> I really like the process of it. So it's interesting for me to hear your, your reflections about how you are more oriented towards the goal and less towards the process. Cause that's, what's fascinating about this whole 
thing, you know, we're all artists and we all do our own processes and we all have our own proclivities and idiosyncrasies. Yeah. 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 I guess uh, everyone's got different ways of going about doing things, but you know, it's, it's like, like, a like watching someone like Buckethead play guitar. It looks like mm-hmm. the guy is really like having fun. Like he's looks like he's enjoying it. Yeah. You know, there's just a certain so level of mastery. I think you're talking about yes. when you hit a certain level of mastery, it becomes more, it's more about, it's more enjoyable and less frustrating, but the frustrating part has to happen to get to the mastery, you know? Yes. Yeah. I hope it gets more fun. <laughs> <laughs> we should have had him on for the struggle. Our yeah, life, right. the struggle with Brian Smith. I think but, I, I've said it before. I think around ego death in 2013. So that was after. Uh, that was the first bit where I felt like I took a jump that was it, everything got easier after ego. Mm. Death. So 2013. So then I started in two, 2000, early 2000. So that was like definitely, years. yeah, for at least a good 10 years. Cause I fucked around the first couple of years and was just messing around. When I, but so it was like a good solid 10 years of painting a lot before I got to the point where I felt like, ah, oh, I, I got to the point of a certain level to where it's a lot easier to paint, you know, not, that's yeah, not to say I don't, I don't have, you know, this last painting frustrated me and, and I always get, you know, frustration is always there. Sure. It's just there less and less, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess that's one of the good things about any kind of art is, you know, it's, uh, that you can just get better and better just, you know, over the years you can try new things and just gotta um, be dedicated. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. the big thing right there. I think is what it comes back down to is that, that dedication. Cause you could have all the work drive in the world, you know, all work, hard work ethic and really have all this, this, you know, this, this interest and this passion, but without the dedication being, being dedicated really to it, to the exclusion of all other things. And that, and that can have detrimental effects in our lives. I mean, certainly in my personal life at times it does, you know, because I'm so focused on the thing I'm doing and I have to be in order to do it to the degree that I am. And that chat is like you said, dedication. And I think without dedication, you could be the hardest work worker in the world doesn't mean shit. You know what I mean? You got to be dedicated to the cause that you're really invested in and doing your soul work. I mean, and, and artists are definitely doing soul work. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, you got to be, Brian, be obsessed. Yeah, Brian, possessed. Is, Brian is certainly possessed, obsessed and dedicated. Indeed. So it's been great having you on, man. Yeah. We should wrap it up. We're in an hour 10 and also the, the screen is getting super blocky, so I'm hoping the audio doesn't. I've heard you up. both perfectly good, and I have the worst internet, so I think the audio is probably straight. Okay, but. good, great, great. Well, thanks yeah, everybody for tuning in. It's so awesome that you guys got a chance to tune into Brian Smith. Like I said, I'm just so stoked that we got to have you on yeah. here, man. You're like, honestly, in in the dark art realm, you know, we all like Chad asked you, well, who do you like right now that's doing their thing? Since I saw your work to date, you know, you're right up there in my top five, you know, of, of contemporary artists, not even just dark artists, contemporary artists that are just killing it and yeah. doing their thing and doing it well. Definitely. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. Yes. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, let's thanks. Thank you for coming on and let's wrap it up and say, Oh, buy Mike's wards. Yeah. At, at energy creations, <laughs> big cartel, buy Mike's wards, buy Mike's wards, buy Mike's wards, buy Mike's wards.
think you guys will all enjoy them. <laughs> That's the important part. And but Brian, it's also art too. It's ritual art. You know, yes. it's magic and art all together. And I'm actually owning that, and not just being like, oh yeah, there's a little bit of magic involved. And, <laughs> and by Brian Smith's work, by yeah. Brian's work. Bye, Brian's Brian work. Smith. So, Brian, uh, yeah. where, where can we direct our, our fans to find you? Are you Brian Smith? BigCartel.com? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian Smith, Big Cartel, uh, Instagram. You know, I guess that's about it. It's a common name, but if you put Brian Smith art, then my stuff will pop up on a search. So, nice. yeah. I would buy, I would yeah. invest in, in Brian Smith art because it's you know, pretty affordable and it's just going to go up. I think it's definitely going to just go up. So if you're into that, well, so thanks everybody for listening and purchasing art and being patrons of the arts. And you guys can always rate and review us on iTunes and SoundCloud, Stitcher, Pod Bay, Google play everywhere else. We're found share and support and like, and uh, yeah, dark art. Thank you for listening. We'll tune, tune in one. next Wednesday. All right. All right. Thanks for being Take on. Brian. Peace. All right.